unprecedented. I think that's the word I heard perhaps more than uh, any other to describe what 2020 looked like. Unprecedented. Something that hasn't been preceded before. It was unprecedented. There was SNL skits about how often that word was thrown around. There were uh, over and over Facebook posts after article after uh, newspaper writing this word. These are unprecedented times. And in the midst of a year like 2020, and in in the midst of what many have called unprecedented, there has then been this question that falls on the church that asks, well, then how is the church going to respond to unprecedented times like these. And there was article after article that I came across and heard that was popping up on my Facebook feed or that I would come across that was suggesting that the church needs to pivot. The church needs to change. If the church doesn't change, then it will just kind of go the way of the dinosaur, that there needs to be innovation, something new, something different that the church does. Otherwise, it will disappear. And there was suggestion and innovation and things that were thrown out that if you were like me in reading these, it kind of felt disorienting. It's like, okay, what, what new thing am I supposed to do? One church leader described it and compared it to a number of different businesses. It says that if the church isn't willing to change, it continues to try to do what they've always done. Well, then it could mean that you're trying to be blockbuster in the age of Netflix, Apple TV, and Disney+. Plus. Now, Blockbuster is outstanding. If you had the grace to be able to experience Blockbuster and Domino's on a Friday night, then that doesn't sound like an insult, but nonetheless, he meant it as one. Why? Because there are no more Blockbusters. There might be one in Australia or one in Alaska, I'm not sure, but regardless, they have all closed. Why? Because these new and innovative companies came in this digital market and shut down these physical locations where you bought this thing called a DVD. If you don't know what that is, you can ask your parents after the service. And the suggestion he was making is that if the church doesn't pivot like these companies and begin to do what these other companies are doing, particularly moving into online markets, getting into digital content and moving away from what the church has been doing, then it could mean that you're trying to be blockbuster in the age of Netflix, Apple TV, and Disney+. Plus. There are so many calls for churches and church members to lean into the unprecedented times of 2020 and innovate, creating something new in order to keep the church marching on and growing. What I want to suggest this afternoon is that we need to remember that while this certainly is unprecedented times for this generation, the church has seen times like these before. And believe it or not, the church has seen harder times than these before. This is where church history helps us. We can think maybe that this is the hardest the church has ever gone through. But friends, there are much harder seasons that the church has gone through in the past. And the church continued to persevere and the church continued to thrive. There is nothing new under the sun. That's how Solomon begins his book in Ecclesiastes. There's nothing new under the sun. It's a relatively gloomy and depressing book, Ecclesiastes, if you've ever read it. He goes full Enneagram 4 on us in Ecclesiastes. But there is a bit of hope in that truth that there's nothing new under the sun. And the hope is that while we've gone through a year like that, friends, what in a sense, that year is nothing new to what this world has seen. And you know what? The church has continued to move forward. 
So we can be confident the church will come out on the other side of this because the building of the church isn't dependent on our circumstances or our innovation. No, the building of the church is dependent on the one who is building it. And Jesus said, I will build my church. And he didn't add any caveats whenever a global pandemic happens. Jesus has built his church in the past through world wars and intense persecution and famines and great depressions and pandemics. Friends, Jesus is building his church in 2021, and Jesus will continue to build his church into the future. Because while these times might be unprecedented to us, for a sovereign and eternal God that holds all of time in his hand, unprecedented is a word he isn't familiar with. Every moment is precedented to him. So I am firmly convinced that what the church needs is not to create something new, but to remember something old, to go back and see what our instructions are from our king. And O's instructions, those marching orders he gives us, are in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. It's known as the Great Commission. It's the final words that Jesus gives his disciples in the Gospel of Matthew. After his resurrection, he appears again to his disciples, and he gives them this Great Commission, these words that Matthew closes his Gospel with. And he writes this, that Jesus came near and said to his disciples, These were the instructions that he gave his disciples and all those who would follow him. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So that's quite a precursor to a statement. Jesus is saying, hey, all the authority that you can add together in heaven and on earth, all of it is given to me. There is nothing that does not fall underneath my jurisdiction, underneath my command, underneath my authority. Not a millisecond, not a square inch of the universe. It is all mine. I stand as king over it and have authority over it. And with that authority, here then is the command that I will give to you, to all those who follow me. And it's this, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So friends, we have to go back and clarify the mission. Otherwise, we'll risk the temptation to have the wrong benchmarks to success and slowly drift from what Jesus has so clearly commanded us to do. Because here's the temptation, that if the benchmarks for success for us as a church or for Christianity are maximizing potential reach, increasing individual engagement, and satisfying the needs of those wanting to participate, then we should adopt the philosophy of Disney Plus and Netflix. Otherwise, we'll end up like shopping malls in the age of Amazon. Online is the way to go. Innovation is the future. We can reach people in their homes. Engagement is as easy as a like or a share or a comment. And people with crazy busy lives can now fit church into whatever slot they find most convenient and do it all without having to change their pajamas. This is it. This is where we need to go. But friends, my contention is this, is that the church was never designed to satisfy customers, but to make disciples. And so instead of looking to Jeff Bezos, perhaps we should look to Jesus Christ. He has given us our marching orders. 
So our benchmark for success is not the question, is our reach being maximized, but are disciples being formed? And the formation of disciples being transformed into the very image of Jesus. It's not an easy process. It's worth it. It's where our joy will be found. But let's make it abundantly clear that one thing it won't be is easy. Jesus told us to count the cost. Jesus told us to carry our crosses. Jesus told us to put others above ourselves as we empty ourselves in love. That sounds a good bit different than making faith as easily accessible as possible. And so in an age of lowering the bar, this year we want to raise it. We want to go back and see what Jesus has told us to do and then see how we can do that in 2021 at the Grove Church. And then call you to be a part of following Jesus and helping others do the same. And so for the month of January, we're going to be starting a new sermon series as we just stare at this great commission and see exactly what Jesus has told us to do and remember something very, very old. And look and see the different aspects of this command, of this commission to us. As Jesus again said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. Now four actions are listed here. Go, make, baptize, and teach. Go, make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. Now in those four things, I want to combine making and baptizing to summarize that command, to be able to say we should go, we should be evangelistic, we should be making disciples, baptizing them, conversion and evangelism. And so in combining those two then, I want to summarize the Great Commission into these three words, go, make, teach. What Jesus has told us as a church, go, make, teach. That's our sermon series in January, and what we'll be focusing on this new year is just staring at those three words, meditating on this commission, and letting Jesus set the trajectory for us in 2021 and for the rest of our lives as a church. So today we'll spend the rest of our time on that first action, that first command that Jesus says, go. What's it mean that Jesus tells each of us to go? What's it mean in your life as Jesus looks at you and he tells you, go, therefore, Well, I want to summarize it this way and give this definition to it, that to go is to see myself as sent by Jesus to be his ambassador. How? By approaching everyday moments with gospel intentionality and connecting myself to his global mission. Again, I'll say that again. To go is to see myself. It's a perspective. It's a a worldview that we see ourselves as sent by Jesus. He's told us to go. So he has sent us to do what? To be his his ambassador. How? By approaching everyday moments with gospel intentionality and connecting myself to his global mission. So first, how you see yourselves as being sent by Jesus. Jesus told you to go. What's that mean? I would say this. It's, It's seeing ourselves as his ambassadors as we approach everyday moments with gospel intentionality. You see, Jesus has sent you. Here in Matthew 28, we see it clearly. Jesus says to go. He says the same thing in John 20, verse 21. He says, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So Jesus is saying, hey, I was sent by the Father to accomplish his mission to save sinners 
and to reconcile all those who would come back to him through faith in me. The Father has sent me, so even so, I am now sending you to carry on this mission as there's this commission together. And so we say it a lot around here that if you have been saved by Jesus, then you have been sent by Jesus. Everyone, this is not kind of a scaled approach to like, okay, we're in junior high right now or junior varsity and we get up to varsity Christians, then, then we'll kind of live missionally or we live as people who are sent. No, Jesus says this is the, the entryway that once you begin to follow me, if I have saved you, then I have sent you. This command is for anyone who's put their faith in Jesus. But what does that look like? You may say, okay, but I'm just a regular person. I've got a job. I stay at home. Maybe say I'm just a kid. How am I supposed to go? What does it look for me in my life to live as one who has been sent? What does it look like to go? Well, it's by approaching everyday moments with gospel intentionality. Approaching everyday moments with gospel intentionality. It's understanding that in your life, you're going somewhere. Maybe after this, you're going to go to lunch. Maybe after that, you'll go home. Maybe tomorrow, you'll go to work. Maybe the next day, you'll go to school. Maybe the next day, you'll go to class. Whatever it may be, we are going someplace. So the first thing I want to put forward is that as we live as people who are sent, look at the places you're already going and go there with a different kind of intentionality. Don't just let life happen to you. Walk into these spaces where you already are and walk in as a missionary who's sent you there to be able to carry this message to a lost world. Approach everyday moments with gospel intentionality. Understand you're already going somewhere and then see yourself then as going there on mission. Wherever you're going, go there with gospel intentionality. That's why here, if you've been around here for any length of time, you probably picked up, we're obsessed with commissioning people. We, we commission everybody. Right? We commission missionaries who are going overseas. Why? Because uh, we want to make it clear. If you're a Christian, then you've been sent by God to carry his gospel into the world. Jesus told you to go, not someone else, but you. So we'll commission parents after they have children. We'll commission new members. We'll commission missionaries overseas. Everyone. It's like we're the Oprah of commissioning. You get commissioned. You can, everyone gets commissioned. Go. Why? Because we want everyone to understand that if you have been saved by Jesus, then you have been sent by Jesus. And he is calling you to go, not someone else, but you. And I love missionaries. Again, we'll be praying for and commissioning another family at the end of this service as they go overseas. But one of the unfortunate side effects of how we've set this thing up is that it can be easy for us to farm off our responsibility to go to people who are going overseas. We'll give it to someone else who's missionaries. That's not me. They're the missionaries. No, 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 yeah, that's not me. See, God hasn't called me to go. He's called me to stay. Friends, that couldn't be further from the truth. God has called you to go. It just looks different than them. Maybe your commission is to go and make disciples in your workplace or to go and make disciples in your neighborhood or to go and make disciples in your homeroom class or your football team, or your band, or your dance team, or to go and make disciples in your gym, seeing that you aren't there only to shape your muscles, but to form disciples, or to go and make disciples of your children, to see that you've been sent into your homes as parents to be ambassadors of Jesus in the lives of your children. 
It's your primary relationship with your kids. As you are an ambassador and a representative of the king in their life. As they look to you, they're getting a glimpse of the character of God. And so how are you living in God's place in their life? See, as a church, we understand that our homes are our primary mission fields. We want to make sure that we are partnering with parents to make disciples who know, treasure, and obey Christ. We want everyone to see themselves as commissioned and sent because Jesus has told all of us to go. If you've chosen to follow Jesus, then his word here for you is crystal clear. Go. You are the missionary chosen by God to carry his gospel message and spread the name and fame of Jesus Christ. He sends you. So see yourself as sent by Jesus to be his ambassador by approaching everyday moments with gospel intentionality. But second, the second way we see ourselves then as being sent, as seeing ourselves as going, is we see not only that we've been sent by Jesus, but also we see that we are a part of a global mission. So there at the beginning, seeing how each of us individually, maybe we're not going overseas, but we're still called to go in our lives locally. But that doesn't then abdicate our responsibility to still be connected to this global mission of God. You heard it in the Great Commission. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of who or whom? No one knows what it is. It's one of those two. Of all nations. Jesus gives a global thrust to this mission. This has always been the case. From Abraham in Genesis 12, God makes a covenant with Abraham and tells him, hey, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And through that blessing, through you, I will bless all the families of the earth. What was God talking about there? Well, in Galatians, Paul references that and says that he was preaching the gospel to Abraham beforehand, that Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise, that we then as Gentiles, people who are not Jewish, living in America in 2021, now have access to this reconciled relationship to a holy God through the blood of Jesus Christ because God has a global heart, because God came after us. And because he went to the nations, and so he now calls us to the nations to go. Yes, as we're going, as we're living, our lives locally, but that then doesn't abdicate the burden and responsibility that we should feel for this global mission of God. And so when we get to this point, is whenever typically people may go, well, how in the world am I supposed to get involved in that? Let's say there's two ways. Either you are sending to the nations or you should go to the nations. Those are the two options. Either you're sending to the nations or you should go to the nations. Well, how can we send? How can we partner then as people are going and we are still here where it is we live? The first way practically is to be able to continue to give. Giving to this church as we partner with global partners around the world. 10% of everything given to us, we give away to other mission, other churches, to be able to see this gospel break through the walls of this church and to accomplish this mission that Jesus has given us. So continuing to partner financially is one way that you can continue to send to the nations. Secondly, you can pray. Goodness, pray. If you're a member here, you've got a membership directory, and the very back of that membership directory has all of our gospel partners. It's got names, family members, contact info. Pray for them. We are partnering with these people. They are friends. They are co-laborers in the gospel. 
Pray for them individually. Pray for them within your homes. Pray for them around your dinner table. Begin then to not only develop a heart for the nations and yourself, but doing it for your family as well. One of the changes we're seeing, and we'll get more into this in a couple weeks with our community groups here, is we're going to be partnering community groups up with gospel partners. And every now and then, just keeping that relationship uh, alive, keeping it um, into a close relationship, and letting each community group be praying for our individual gospel partners. Maybe even writing letters, sending care packages, praying for, keeping people at the forefront of our lives, seeing that we are sending to the nations. We give and we pray. This is one of the reasons why we started our missions team here recently, is we have people who are dedicated to keep this mission locally and globally in front of our church. So if you want to be a part of that missions team, is this just getting started? You can go to the connect table afterwards and say, hey, I'd like to get connected within the missions team, either local outreach or global outreach. And I know they're looking for more and more people. So you can give, you can pray. Third, the third way that you can be then connected and sending to the nations is to communicate. So continue to give here, continue to pray here, but also communicate. Again, there's contact info for our uh, membership directory in the back with our gospel partners. Send them an email. If you have WhatsApp, you can send them a WhatsApp. If you're going outside afterwards to the lobby, uh, we'll be having an email newsletter sign up for Rod and Lori as we'll pray for them later in the service. Sign up for that newsletter. And then when you get the newsletter, just respond back. Hey, got this, praying for you guys. And I promise you, that little thing helps communicate to our partners. They are not alone. They are, we are here holding the rope as they are going. Writing emails, writing letters, texting, calling. Communicate with our gospel partners. That's how you can be a part of sending to the nations. But if you are not sending, then you should be going. That even now as we talk about what God is doing in his heart for the nations, that there might be a part of you that's beginning to rise up and saying, I think God might be calling me to be a part of that. More than sending, I think he might be taking me, going to the nations. And if that is you, then we want this to be a church in which you can feel that you can be equipped and raised up here before you go. And so if there's any part of you that's interested in being a part of a worldwide missionary, a global missionary, then again, come talk to me afterwards, go to the connect table, and we can talk through what it looks like to be able to begin to point you in the right direction. We have a, a whole wealth of people within this church that have spent decades on the mission field. I mean, we are just totally spoiled here as a church with the people that God has brought us. And we can connect you with people that have done it for years as you can ask questions, begin to search and see if this is where God is in fact leading you to be able to go to the nations long term are also going to the nation short-term. We want to begin to develop short-term trips to our gospel partners. Again, one of the things that our missions team is going to be leading. So as short-term trips begin to come in the future, becoming and getting a part of that as we then go, a part of what God is doing in his global mission, seeing that either we are sending to the nations or we are going to the nations. Friends, there should be no passive participants in God's global mission. He's called all of us to go and make disciples of all nations. For some of us, it means picking up our lives and moving overseas. Maybe starting a church, maybe being part of a church plant team. Maybe what it looks like is taking your career within business, finding them a place that you can move to overseas and use your business as mission. 
looking to find a job, maybe in Salerno, Italy, or in Tunisia, or maybe uh, some of our other gospel partners around the world and saying, hey, I'm going to take my job, move it here, and be a part of what God is doing and using this business, this gifting, my experience that God has given me and leveraging it for his mission and for his glory. You don't have to quit everything and move overseas to be a missionary. You can continue to do what God has for you and could perhaps even open up doors that are closed to others by using your business as mission. But no matter what it is, there should be no passive participants because we have all been sent and we should all be going. This is the first action that we see in this great commission. Go. We should all this new year commit to see ourselves as sent by Jesus to be his ambassadors by approaching everyday moments with gospel intentionality and by connecting ourselves to his global mission. So we are called to go. But what do we do when we get there? Well, that'll be the question that we look at next week. Let's pray. God, we are amazed at the lengths that you've gone to to save us. God, help us to be able to see the word that you have for us to go. God, help us to see ourselves as people who have been sent by you God, to live as ambassadors for your name, ambassadors for the king, to represent you in a foreign world. No matter where that may be, God, give us that perspective that you have called us to go. God, we need your grace to see it. We need your grace to move towards it. God, help us to remind ourselves every day that we are to live as ones who have been sent by the king, ones who have been sent by you, to go into the world and to make disciples. God, we are amazed that you would call us and use us in your mission. We are so inadequate. We can't do this on our own. God, we need your grace. We need your help. And it's the ones who know that they need your help that you've promised to work through. And so God, we come unable in our own strength and we come leaning on your power to accomplish the thing that you've told us to do, to go and to make disciples. Help us to live walking into these unprecedented times. For us, knowing that they're precedented to you, living in your power, living through your spirit, and accomplishing the mission that you've given us to go and make disciples of all nations. God, we love you and we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.